The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As spiritual seekers, we often receive guidance on which path to follow. This might be necessary for some time, but as we move along, we need to trust our heart and become our own guide. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us, a place where we can listen to everyone's heart. Your companion on the journey is Jill Asselin. Come join us now on this path of inner exploration. Here is your host, Jill Asselin. Good afternoon or good evening, everyone. This is Jill again. Beautiful day. Christmas Eve in some part of the world, and uh, the rest of the world, I would say, the, maybe one third of the world is already blessed with Christmas uh, from Moscow onwards or from Moscow eastward, I believe, if I get my time zones right. And uh, this is uh, obviously a special time of the year. Um, a very usually a very festive, a very restful. I hope not, maybe not for everyone, but um, again, it feels a bit special. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit. It's uh, it's the theme of today's show to talk a little bit about the spirit of Christmas, what it means to me, and I think uh, a bit more about. Uh, I would think a larger meaning, especially to take it out of the context of, of Christian faith. Uh, Christian faith is the faith where I was so-called born. Obviously, not something that I chose. My parents chose it for me. And my parents were never um, strong believers. Um, they, they sent me to um, what the French called catechism. I think it took place initially on Thursday morning and then uh, Wednesday morning, uh, the day off for kids, for young kids. But in, in France, uh, so I got a bit of a... Christian education, but um, what faith means to a lot of uh, French people, my parents including, is um, that you go to church for um, baptisms, uh, weddings, and and funerals, and this is what we call sometimes um, the three times Catholic, and I was raised in a sense as as a three times Catholic, and I'm glad that I walk my own path, and my own path is my own path. I think I said at the beginning of the show earlier this year that uh, there's about seven point, I don't know, two or three um, billion paths on the world, in the world, um, as many as uh, we have uh, human beings on Earth. And it's just fine. I mean, we learn along the way, and sometimes we reflect, sometimes we don't, sometimes we, you know, we look out for answers where I think, um, at least it's one thing I've learned all those years, that the answers lie within and and uh, I think it's very much the same for the spirit of Christmas, uh, for what it means to many of us. I guess it's a question of 
you know, seeing Santa Claus, having some snow, the reindeers, and, and all of this. Um, having a young child, he's five years old this year, um, we spend a lot of time talking and, and watching um, movies about Christmas. But it's not obviously what I wanted to, um, to talk about today. Although, I would be talking about that in, uh, in a few minutes, but uh, we watched uh, a cartoon that I'd never seen before. It's a very uniquely American cartoon called uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And uh, as I said in, my, in the title of my show today, I, fortunately, he didn't steal the spirit of Christmas. And I think it's not, um, it's not possible to, um, to steal the spirit of Christmas. I don't know. I don't know what it means. But again, it's something that comes from within. Um, the joy to celebrate and to celebrate... Again, uh, Christmas may mean different things to different people, uh, especially those non-Christians. But um, I believe the celebration is all about rebirth, uh, rebirth um, within. And um, I wanted to talk, to speak a bit about, about this concept. And uh, I think we go through our, our human and physical lives through many different kinds of rebirths and, and rebirths again may mean different things to different people. I remember experiencing one about two years ago which was very meaningful when I saw myself uh, on a day in February of 2013 in a, in a sort of a cathedral and I was lying down on a coffin, a stone coffin and I had a, a sword on top of me I could, I could see myself not moving, you know, pretty still. And I thought this was sort of a death. And two days later, when I did a session with my coach, I could see myself, you know, standing up, getting up and, and moving out of that, um, this basilica. It felt like a basilica. I've spoken about this vision uh, that I had. Um, and it's very much an inner vision, uh, it was very much inner-directed, possibly an outcome of all the work that I was doing with my coach. I've been working with that particular coach for two years, which is a long time. And when initially we had, um, you know, we had um, work to do, I had work to do. I still have a lot of work to do, but um, we had work to do. But I think eventually we we got to explore some of my inner landscape, as he puts it, uh, as he put it. And I think that's the that's what I keep carrying with me, you know, th this exploration of what goes within, this kind of a constant rebirth, constant Christmas, if you want to call it that way. And um, it's hard to explain with words, you know, what goes within. It's very, it's very unique in each of us. And it's not something that we can easily convey to anyone else. But... Um, I believe that, you know, there are stages in our lives like this when we go through different layers, layers of um, the image that comes to mind is the layers of spelunking. You know, we do the spelunking, we go within, we access territories, and at some point we go into new territories. And it may very much feel like a, like a new life. You're discovering a new cave, in a sense, within yourself, an area um, that you didn't think existed. You had, no, um, you had no idea that this new cave, this new land was part of who you are, was part of your, again, your inner landscape. And um, 
and I think that's what I would relate in terms of my inner Christmas. Um, small revelations also here and there. And uh, and knowledge about oneself. Um, it's it's all combined into this week's show because I need to make an aside, but um, in the in the cartoon by Dr. Seuss, um, how the Grinch stole Christmas. There's a a town where they celebrate Christmas, and it's called Woodsville. This place is called Woodsville. Again, I didn't watch the cartoon. I knew about the cartoon. But I didn't watch it until last Sunday, and. Not so coincidentally, um, the day after I watched the cartoon, I, yeah, I got a post from a friend of mine. Her name is Lisa Risingberry, and I hope she's going to be able to come onto the show um, towards the end of January. And she was writing about about Whoville, and she was referring to um, the same cartoon. And you know, this is a very, a very small and yet a very mystical sign that I discovered something about Wooville and the Grinch and Christmas. And that gives me, um, I would say, the impetus to talk about this today. And at the same time, someone I'm connected, um, at least spiritually, we never met, but we connected spiritually, writes about a similar topic. And uh, she focused on this idea of who are we, you know. Uh, I will just going to read the, the first few words of her post uh, as a wide I said who are you H-O-O who are you do you really know as a wise old owl once said who are you I really want to know this of course comes from the rock group the who tell me who you are because I really want to know do you know do you really most cannot answer these simple yet profound questions and um I will read the next. Sorry, I will read the next. Uh, the next sentence also, which is also quite uh, interesting. To know thyself, you must go into your heart and not the mind stream. With all the energetic increases of recent months or even years, many are being led by the ego and not the heart. I am saddened by how many people are trying to become spiritual heroes, only to lead other lost people into following their false sense of self. It's like they are being led into Wooville, where all are trying to find who they are. Woo, woo, woo. And again, um, she made me think about that question, which is very important, especially I would think about you know, time of Christmas, time of rebirth. If we are being reborn, what are, being, what are we being reborn into? It's... Um, you know, it's a very deep question, and I, I couldn't tell... And that that question, who are you? Um, there's times in my life where this question is important, and times where it is not. And at this point, I, I don't, you know, the question doesn't doesn't stick in a sense, you know, doesn't create a groove in me to the point that I want to um, try to define myself. I don't know if it's the way to answer that question because there's many different ways um, to approach. Um, to apprehend that question, who are we? We are human beings uh, in many sense of the word. We are not human doings. And yet, um, when we listen to the mind and the mind stream that Lisa is referring to, we have a tendency to go much more into the rational and the doing than we have to go into the 
the thinking, the inner thinking, the inner inner descent. And again, this is the purpose of my show to ask you to you know invite you to go within and see what is there to be explored, what is there to be discovered, what is there to be reborn. If we don't listen, if we don't visit, how can this happen? And um, if we listen to the spiritual heroes that Lisa is talking about, um, no, there's a tendency that we are being um, taken off the path because we listen to someone else's truth, which may or may not echo our own truth. But I think the more I walk along the path, I realize that it's really important that we go within for our own sake and that out of this uh, journey, we find our place in the world. So that goes along with the question, you know, where are we? Why are we here? I think it's, these are two very important questions. And um, maybe these are good questions for Christmas when most of the world is celebrating and, um, and ushering kids with uh, lots of gifts and presents and, um, and goodies. But obviously, like the, just like the, the people in Wooville discovered, they can, they can celebrate the, the spirit of Christmas without anything on the, on the tree, without anything on the table, without anything material. What matters most you know, is obviously what goes on in our hearts. And that is, uh, that is uh, as MasterCard would put it, this is priceless. This, this spirit of, of singing, this spirit of offering, and this spirit of, of thinking about other people. And um, in relation to Christmas, I wanted to mention something that really shocked me um, a few years back. must have been four or five years ago. I went to Christmas Mass. I think it was on Christmas Day. And I was in Southeast Asia visiting some... Uh, members of my wife's family. And uh, it's a different kind of church, but it's a church. It's a so-called Christian church. And at some point, there was a young man. The pastor obviously spoke and uh, entertained us with some jokes as well, which I think was not possibly um, right to the point. But And at some point, it's like, during some sort of uh, intermission, there was a young man on stage and he said, he was talking about Christmas and he said, Christmas, it's all about you. And at the time, that remark shocked me because what I learned and what I experienced is that Christmas is the spirit of sharing. It's the spirit of sharing with those we don't have possibly enough to live, you know, enough of a roof, enough of food, enough of a, a warm place. Um, there are some basic needs that need to be met, that need to be met if we want to live a decent life. And there are so many of us in the world that do not meet those, you know, basic standards. And so many of us as well who have way, way too much that they don't know, they don't know what to do with this too much. And um, and you can question, you know, why is this? Uh, many people think that you know, God is unfair, and that's 
what they think, I guess. But um, there's a definite uh, imbalance in the world, you know, between the have, what we call the haves, and the have-nots. And it's, um, it is striking. But to get back to the remark of that young man, I think a, a young man in his early 20s at the, at the very most, um, he said to us, you know, the spirit, the spirit Christmas, it's, it's all about you. And I received it at the time in a very, in a very uh, material way. You know, it's very much all about you, uh, how much you, you count for our church. Uh, it's a question also of um, how many members we want to have, you know, we want to grow. And then it's interesting what I was, I was obviously thinking about this remark during the past few days. And my, my thinking started to change a little bit, especially this morning. Uh, I've had some, you know, friends who are suffering, physically suffering. And um, especially a friend of mine in England, she's in her mid-60s. She's alone at home. Uh, she has difficulty walking, uh, even, you know, from her living room to her bedroom. And, um, and she's really struggling, um, physically speaking. And you would think that um, there's different reasons why uh, she's struggling. Her legs are very bad. She has apparently bad blood circulation and other issues. But you would think that, you know, in this case, as soon as you notice something, you would call the doctor. And you would ask, you know, a nurse to come visit, or you would go to the hospital and get a checkup. And it took us a long, long time to do this. And uh, the remark she got, and I think it made a lot of sense, is like, without self-love, you know, it's difficult to do things that are very basic to our own health. I'm talking about the physical health, not even our emotional or, or mental health here. But... Um, Self-love, you know, loving oneself is the, is the keystone. And we hear that so often. We see that in action, in a sense, a lack of self-love. And yet I was trying to, you know, put the two and two together. What I've learned, what I've experienced about the spirit of Christmas on my own, the spirit of sharing. And... Um, this need to love ourselves in the first place. Because if we don't love ourselves and value who we are, regardless of what we do. Again, we are not human doings. You know, how can we, if you want to put it that way, how can we make the world a better place? It's a very, you know, challenging task. What are we going to offer the world if we don't value who we are within, how can we value the rest of the world if we don't value ourselves in the first place? So I will be saying a few more words about that, but I think that in relation to that young man's remark in the church four or five years ago, you know, I started to have a very different, I twisted his remark in a sense. I turned it around and I said, Yes, possibly the spirit of Christmas. It's also about us, but not in a obviously not in a selfish way. Not in a I need to care about myself, you know, and not the others. It's not the idea, but much more I think in terms of uh, valuing ourselves, which is certainly much more difficult to do than we think. You know, the mind 
works in very insidious ways and sends us messages that we are not able to capture because of our lack of awareness, because of possibly of our self-centeredness. But um, the mind can be a very, a very subtle and a very wild beast at the same time. And I've been talking about um, this idea of redirecting the mind not so long ago. So I will leave it uh, here for now. But again, I will say a few more words about this, this idea of, of loving oneself. Thank you very much. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jeel Asselin. To reach the program, call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine five. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now back to the program. Hello again. This is Jill. Uh, thank you very much for listening on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, very early on the other side of the world. I'm happy to. Be together with you today. It's a it's a quiet day here, sunny outside in the northwest of the U.S. And right before the break, I was talking about the importance of loving oneself. Again, you hear that north, south, east, and west, you know. But I think at some point it gets into our psyche, so to speak, and we start to realize the importance of loving oneself. And as the veil, also the veils that we carry from, you know, wherever and whenever, start to dissipate, I think we realize, at least I realize, the extent to which I was, you know, critical of myself, or not loving myself, or, you know, doing things that were going against my worth. And that's... 
as I said earlier, it can be very subtle. The, the mind sends you very subtle messages almost in between the lines. And you do things, you do so many things in autopilot that we don't realize what we are doing to ourselves. And I think it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of work, a lot of inner work of paying attention to what happens and what goes for our mind and what the mind does to us. And um, I've never met the friend that I was talking about, the friend in England, um, um, with, you know, offering from, from bad blood circulation and bad legs and then... But she also made me think about my mother. My mother is about 22 years older than this person. And um, I've mentioned her quite a few times, so I'm not going to say much about our current situation. But she's now in a, in a retirement home, and she suffers from uh, dementia. Dementia. The meaning of dementia in French and English is different. Uh, dementia in France, demence, means you're crazy. I think in France we would use the word senility becoming senile but it's to the point that now she she moved into the retirement home and she still thinks in her mind that she's living in where she used to live in her apartment and it's you know it gave me um an insight into how the way how the world how the mind works as well and it's a, a different kind of a trick but it's still a trick and lately, I don't know if it's because of the season and the holidays coming and she realizes it's Christmas. I don't know how much uh, meaning Christmas has for her. But what she wants to do, what she's been wanting to do for the past week or week and a half is to go back to the place where, we, where my brother and I grew up and where we used to, my parents used to own a house. And the house got sold about four years ago and now it's been raised to the ground. And my mother hasn't seen that. But in her mind, there's still something, you know, that lives on. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because um, my mother has always been someone very critical. She's been verbally and even possibly physically abused by her mother. And she never came to a point where she would uh, you know, introspect, where she would go within and and try to find out about the effects of the way she was brought up, especially during the war, during the Second World War, when her father was um, a prisoner of war in Germany. And that's, um, you know, it, it's possibly a question of generation. I think we are open to many more resources now, spiritual and psychological resources now that were not available 50 years ago or that were not, you know, so popular. So for that, I'm just being grateful that I was able to do the work, the kind of work that um, she wasn't. And my brother, I mentioned him as well, has been able to do some of the work. And um, it's not an easy path. Again, every person's path is different. But to the extent that we don't go within and reflect and, and, and deal especially with the dark areas in our psyche, in our mind, in our own being, I don't think there will be much progress, much spiritual progress, much, uh, much new awareness. My friend Altair speaks of unborn awareness. You know, the awareness is there. It's like a new cave further down the road of spelunking. 
but it's a cave, it's a cave of awareness we haven't explored yet. But as the, the gate, in a sense, the door to that cave is just waiting to be open. We are maybe just a few feet, a few meters away from that cave. And in the dark, we don't realize it. And yet, what I think, what we need to do, we need to keep walking. We need to keep exploring our landscape and see what comes out. Lately, I've been, you know, for, for a few months, I haven't been saying much about this. It's part of my path. I've been dealing with negative thoughts. They are here, surrounding me at times, not every minute of the day, but they are there. And uh, in a sense, I think they are my friends. I won't tell you the source. I mean, the source is within. I won't tell you the source of those negative thoughts. But um, I thought these thoughts also are, are my these negative thoughts, this, this negative within. They are, they are my friends, if I look at it that way. I mean, that way that th there's a sign on the path that I have to do more work. That this door that I was talking about and what lies behind the door, which I don't know about, is still not quite there. And, um, and that's a good thing. And yet, when I'm in the middle of these negative thoughts, it's, you know, it's difficult. It's not pleasant. It's a struggle. And sometimes it's all-consuming. I remember mentioning those uh, in a different instance about two weeks ago when I was on the show for a different instance again. But they come back different, you know, for different people, different shape. But they're still what I would call within sort of a reservoir, you know, a container. When negativity does lie... And um, again, I'm very grateful for that awareness. And I keep chipping, in a sense, at these thoughts. I keep working at them. And, um, and it's good. I was asking not so long ago. I was asking Master Jesus um, to help me open my heart. And I've got a beautiful answer uh, not so long ago with, I think, a, a meditation I mentioned last week from Ellen in Australia. But another answer that I got from a different person, another woman uh, based in the U.S., um, is something called a heart diamond. And I will say a few words about this heart diamond because it's, um, I don't know if I should call it a gift, but it's coming from Lord Metatron. And I've been connected to Lord Metatron for a cube that I bought. I saw a cube that I mentioned uh, in one of the shows earlier, maybe in March or April. A cube which is rotating on a base. And um, it's sold by a company in Colorado called iConnect. That's oh, connected to iConnect. And um, I bought it about a year and a half ago in June of 2014. And it helped me greatly to reach uh, a certain level of um, a certain level of forgiveness. You know, I was talking about um, those negative thoughts, my negativity. And that was uh, 
a very clear um, point of progress on the path for me last October when I was attending a retreat, a spiritual retreat in the mountains of Colorado in Breckenridge. And all the cleansing that happened um, all week long, it was a six-day retreat, which is quite a bit of time um, to work on oneself. And obviously the the setting and the purpose of the retreat was very much uh, conducive to doing this. And I also mentioned that in one of my shows, so I'm not going to go into um, a lot of details. But I realized then, you know, it's good also to have this kind of awareness that I reached that point, that point of, of purging, that point of um, forgiving. I was forgiving my father and I was forgiving myself for the guilt that I've been accumulating as a teenager because I wasn't able to help my father when he was in, in trouble. And I was able during that week, during my, my cleansing, my purging, to both, you know, again, forgive my father and myself. And I think it's very important, and that's one of the uh, access, for lack of a better word, of, of self-love, to forgive oneself. Even though, you know, rationally, you may think that a rational being, I've been thinking about an instance, that episode of my life when I was a young teenager, it doesn't make sense, you know, for me to feel guilty about not being able to protect my father when he was verbally abused by my mother. You know, what can a 11 or 12-year-old do uh, about this? And um, not much. It's not like I was uh, imbued or given a special mission to come with a sword and, you know, fix the situation in a sense at home when these cases of, uh, of yelling and verbal violence were taking place. And yet, you know, a seed, a malevolent seed, was implanted in me. And it took me 40 years, you know, 40-some years, I think, to get to the root of that seed and to extract it, in a sense, out of my heart. And this is part of a, what I call, you know, chipping at my, at my negative idea, what lies within. And again, you know, you turn things around, you realize this is a blessing. What was instilled in me at such a young age is a blessing. Because without this, um, these incidents, there wouldn't be a need for me to walk that path. And to do all that work, and I've been doing tremendous amount of work uh, after I went through my dark night of the soul in 1991. Suddenly, all the all the pain, all the sadness, as well as all the violence that has been that had been taken root within me, started to not to explode, but to seep through. I saw my, my dark night of the soul, you know, 24 years ago, almost 25, as a crack opening up in my life. And I remember for the, in the in month and, and the, possibly the years that followed this dark night of the soul, I had this image of, you know, this negativity, this anger, 
coming out of the for a mountain for the for the ice in a mountain and reaching the surface and finally being dispelled finally being discarded and again you may think that it's uh some sort of a poison and in one way it is in another way it's uh as i said it's a gift it's a blessing and uh, it works in a very similar way, in a very similar vein, as the kind of negativity I'm trying to to get rid of or to transform. The word I used this morning when I emailed a friend is to transmute. It's like a, a spiritual slash alchemical process of transmuting something which is within and something which is obviously blocking my progress. I came to that level of awareness over the years. And I'm very grateful as well in terms of uh, the years that followed my dark night of the soul for my Buddhist practice and for me ch- for my chanting of Namyo Renge Kyo. I mentioned that earlier on. Um, so again, I'm not going to spend much time in terms of... Um, expressing my gratitude for the people around me at the time that helped me to go through this uh, this release of what was stuck within. But this is, again, the purpose of walking the spiritual path. And, um, you know, some people had a very different childhood. I remember a friend, he's in his 80s here, and he only has good memories about his parents, about his family. And that's just the way things are. We are gifted in very different ways. But I think we are all, you know, walking walking the path for a reason. And it goes back to my friend Lisa Berry's, Lisa Rising Berry's question, you know, who are we? We are also, you know, what I call spiritual walkers. You know, we are um, we are gifted or we are imbued with a spiritual body that needs to express itself, that needs to shine. And until we do the work, the kind of work that I was talking about at the physical level, possibly, at the emotional level, at the mental level, as I, I see myself doing it now, it's very difficult for the for the spiritual body that I see us encompassing all the other three bodies to to shine and to express is you know this is who ness is who 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 are you in the world? It's um. It's a very deep thing to reflect on. And to close this section, I wanted to read a small quote that I got in, uh, in a message yesterday, talking very much about the Christian spirit of Christmas. But I caught one paragraph, again, talking about the birth of light in the darkness. And it's very much what this work is all about, that spiritual work is all about. It's about exploring another dark cave and bringing light into that cave. 
little by little, you know, yard by yard, feet by foot by foot. There's no, I think there's no other way to do it than to go within, than to explore. And if you want to use another metaphor to bring our candle into these different territories. So here the person talks about the spirit of Christmas and the baby born in the manger. And she says the details really do not matter, nor do the lines between fact, fiction, and tradition. When something speaks directly to the heart, it does so in the, worst, in the wordless voice of truth. The story, as a story, is simply beautiful, as a symbolic tale, then the heavens rejoice as divinity is born into the lowliest human form. It is also beautiful. For those who believe in either the story or its essence, it is the birth of light in the darkness. And I would say, I would conclude, it's very important for us to see the light and to kindle the fire or to kindle the light, to rekindle the light. So thank you very much again for being here today on this very special day. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, answering the higher calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giel Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Giel. Welcome back. Thank you very much for listening again. It's um, 
pleasure to be with you today, to be all of us together today. Uh, some sort of a special day. Sun is still shining here. I was talking about very many different things um, during the second segment. I realized I went a bit off tangent, um, which is which is the way it is. But I wish to come back to, excuse me, the, the spirit of Christmas and this um, cartoon by Dr. Seuss. If you're not, I think it's a very American thing. Um, Dr. Seuss, I believe he was, I think he passed in 1984. I'm not sure. I looked at his bio briefly not so long ago. But he came up with a number of books um, aimed at children, and uh, we've been reading three of these books uh, with our son for quite a while. And it's interesting because the books, they use repetition um, to teach the kids how to read. And it's a bit unnerving in a sense uh, from time to time for when for 54 pages you read, more or less you repeat the same thing, not all over again, but quite a bit of the same thing. But that's how it's being, you know... What's my word? The word that I'm looking is being, you know, trans transferred into the kid's brain. I'm looking I'm looking for my word. I've been looking for words in both French and English these past few days. Something is going on. And um so these big these books are a good way to learn. And um we never bought the book um um How the this Grinch uh, stole Christmas. And to be honest, I don't even know what a Grinch is. Uh at least until uh until I watched the cartoon with our son. I think it was Sunday evening. And suddenly the, white, the light went on. And, and uh, it's a beautiful, simple story about a Grinch living uh, above uh, a place, uh, a ville, uh, a, a town called Wooville. And people obviously are getting ready for Christmas. And, and, and the Grinch hates Christmas. I guess it's uh, too much noise, too much... Um, celebration going on, festivities, and, and, and I think what bothers him the most is too many happy people. And he's in his cave with his dog. I don't remember the name of the dog, but um, the dog would turns into a reindeer. And he decides to steal Christmas. So he goes through um, from house to house at night for the chimney, just like Santa Claus. And he steals Christmas, what he thinks represents Christmas. So he steals the gifts. He steals, he steals the garlands on the tree. He steals the logs in the fireplace. He steals the food in the fridge so that no one can have a feast. And he goes back. He goes back up the mountain with his dog, pulling the cart with so many, so many of these material things. And he thought to himself, I... I stole Christmas. Christmas is not going to take place. And yet, to his amazement, Christmas takes place. People come out. They come out and they form a circle. And I'm looking at a picture right now that I use for my invitation on Facebook. And it's called, it's interesting, it's called, the title of the picture was How the Grinch Graced Christmas. And I believe he graced Christmas, the Grinch, to the extent that people had nothing else to do but come together, come together in a circle, which is the image of we, 
the the quintessential image of we as a people. And they gather and they start singing. And their heart is not sad. The Grinch was expecting sadness because there were no gifts, there were no presents, there was no food, there were no garlands in the tree, in the trees. There was nothing left. And yet the people came. The people rejoice. The people sang, the people celebrated because of the grace in their hearts. And um, and that's the beauty of the spirit of Christmas. And again, it shows very easily that it doesn't need Christmas for us to be able to gather, to rejoice and sing. There's so many different occasions to do this. And one of the, Jennifer, one of the people who visited uh, the invitation said, uh, the circle cannot be broken. And it's so very true that at some level, a level that we may not be fully aware of, we are all connected. You know, we are all meant to, meant to love one another. I think that's the very spirit of Christmas, being meant to love one another. Except, you know, things happen along the way and we are not quite clear about this love, this love of a capital L. And um, I was very grateful to find this picture. And it was sort of an ha-ha moment for me. You know, I tried to look at the synchronicities um, when I prepare for the show and when I write down my notes and... And I mentioned, you know, um, my friend Lisa Risingberry writing about Whoville, which is very much the, the town where these people live in the, the Grinch Stole Christmas. And very mystically, when I went out um, last Thursday, right after the show, I went to pick up our son at the school. And there was a bumper sticker in one of the car. It was on a bumper, but it was on the rear window of a car, of a pickup truck. And it says, it said, grace happens. And I thought to myself, grace happens. Yes, it does. But why this message coming into my life? Why this message here for me? It wasn't there by accident. I knew this. I didn't know if it had anything to do with the show. But, you know, a few days later, I meet this picture of a shining light of other people of Whoville who are holding each other's hands. And they feel, it feels like they are dancing in a circle. And the picture is titled, How the Grinch Graced Christmas. And it felt like suddenly I was able to close the loop and give so much more meaning to today's show. Because of that, and it's um, it made it very meaningful. Again, I can't tell you why exactly I'm doing this show. This is just like part of our spiritual path. We do things because there are things we need to do to go deeper into the cave, to explore. It's for the sake of our spiritual health. 
It's for the sake of taking care of the spiritual body that I mentioned earlier on. And um, that's the way it is. But when we get messages along the way, like this, and I've gotten so many over the weeks since I started doing the show on January 8th. But, you know, there's something, uh, something that reassures us, all of us on the path. Once we start making the effort, um, again, the universe responds. And it may not respond in the way that we are expecting, but it does respond. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of walking the path. That you feel that there's something, um, possibly someone watching us. Many people call that someone God, except I don't think that God is a someone. It could be a form of energy. I don't know. It's not my my goal or my purpose to define what God is. It's way too much work, and I'm way out of it. But um, the beauty of this cartoon also is like, you know, realizing the not quite a change of heart. But I think the Grinch realized something, something about the meaning of Christmas. The meaning, you know, based on the quote I was reading earlier on, this meaning of rebirth, this meaning of going within and fighting within the joy, despite of what goes on in our life on a day-to-day basis. Despite all our, the word came to mind this morning in French, despite all our misery, and there's a lot in the world, we don't have, you know, to be blind to that. Being able to look within, to find the joy, and to find the gratitude just for being here today on the brink of a new Christmas, whatever Christmas means, whatever happened 2015 years ago. We don't even know if it was 2015 years ago. It doesn't really matter. I think Christmas can happen every day in our hearts. Every day we get together, and every day we open our hearts to what goes on. And that made me think also about the change of heart that Dr. Gru went through in the, in the Minions movie. So I will leave you with these last few words about, again, the importance of going within. I think I mentioned that in every show, every conclusion of my shows talks about the importance of going within, the importance of casualing, in a sense, of pampering your rebirth and what goes on within, and to gather some momentum, especially at Christmas time, to say, let's go, let's go deeper next time, and let's enjoy what we're going to find along the way even though it may mean something unpleasant and something that we have to take care. So I love you all, and I wish you peace, joy, and a bit of festivity this Christmas. Thank you very much.
thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giel Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again.